You are listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast with Dr. Rosalind Morell. Episode 27, Bone Metastases. What is it and how to get out of pain? Hi, and welcome to the Cancer from A to Z podcast, where we discuss the issues and topics related to a diagnosis of cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell. These podcast episodes are intended for informational and educational purposes only and are not a substitute for medical treatment by a healthcare professional. They do not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. Please consult your doctor or other health professional with any questions you have regarding any medical conditions. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cancer from A to Z podcast. Happy New Year. We have now made it to 2023. Very exciting. I always love a brand new year. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about bone metastases. And bone metastases can happen to many people with cancer, especially those who have breast cancer or prostate cancer. And I felt like this was a really important topic to talk about because I just see it so much in my clinic. And I treat a lot of patients who are in pain from their bone metastases. And it's a really important topic to talk about when it comes to diagnosis and treatment, because there's a lot of various treatments out there. And the sooner you're diagnosed with bone metastases, the faster it will be for you to actually get out of pain if you're experiencing pain. So we're going to dive into the mechanism of action, so how you actually get bone metastases, as well as how it's diagnosed and how we treat it. So first and foremost, I'd like to say that bone metastases, it's not actually bone cancer or what we would call primary bone cancer. That's different. Bone metastases occur when a cancer that has originated in another organ spreads to the bones. And it's actually more common than primary bone cancer. So the most common cancers to spread to the bones are breast and prostate. However, there are other types of cancers that can also spread to the bone, including lung cancer and gastrointestinal. But bone, breast cancer and prostate are the most common. So how does metastasis occur? How does it occur in terms of the cancer spreading to the bones? Well, it involves several processes such as cell migration, angiogenesis, intercellular cohesion, evasion of local immune responses, as well as other factors. Now, those are very complicated topics to discuss and kind of get into, and I think it goes beyond the scope of what I really want to talk about on this episode. But just remember that there are a lot of things that are going on in the body that allows this to happen, unfortunately, and the cancer is causing certain things in terms of cytokines and chemicals to be released that will enable it to travel to another part of the body and start growing in the bone. 
And we need to talk about the different types of bone metastases. But actually, before I do that, let me just say that when it comes to our bones, we are always, and this is true of whether you have cancer or not, we are always building and breaking down bone. And that is with the assistance of cells called osteoclasts, where they actually break down bone, and osteoblasts, which help to build bone. And another term in terms of what the osteoclasts are doing, it's called bone resorption. And then the osteoblast cells are depositing bone. And this is what we call bone remodeling. So this is a normal process that we all experience, again, whether we have cancer or we don't have cancer. We're always building and breaking down bone. So when we talk about the different types of bone metastases, it's important to have that understanding and know what the main types of cells that are involved in this process are called. So again, we have osteoclasts and we have osteoblasts. So the types of bone metastases include osteolytic, and that is where you're getting actually destruction of normal bone, again, also called bone resorption. And literally, you can have holes in your bones that have come from the cancer being in that bone and causing the osteoclasts to be, in a sense, revved up and start breaking down bone. And then, again, there's the process of bone resorption. Now, that, again, can show up in many different types of cancers, and we see that all the time. And it's also important to point out that it's not actually just those cells. So it's not just those cells that are involved in this. There are other mechanisms that are at play, such as hormones that are released by our parathyroid gland, as well as a number of other mechanisms. So in addition to the osteoclast cells and the osteoblast cells, there are other things that are going on in the body, such as hormones that are being released that are enabling this process. Okay, number two, or the second type of bone metastasis, and that would be osteoblastic. This is where new bone is laid down, and you can see this in a lot of cancers such as prostate cancer or small cell lung cancer. So again, osteoblastic is another type and where bone is actually, new bone is actually laid down, but this bone isn't like normal bone. It's a little bit weaker and also is, again, another type of bone metastasis that we see. And then the third type would be mixed, and that's where you have a combination of both osteolytic and osteoblastic. And this can be seen in breast cancer as well as other cancers. All right, so what happens when you have a cancer and it has spread to your bones? What kind of symptoms may you have? Well, first and foremost, bone mets hurt. They can cause severe pain, and this in turn can cause you to have difficulty walking or moving an extremity like an arm. And this is what I see the most in my clinic. I see severe pain. Another symptom may be a fractured bone. You can imagine that if a bone has a hole in it, it is very weak. Therefore, it can eventually break. Additionally, like I mentioned before, the bone that is deposited when the osteoblasts, when their activity is increased by this process, 
again, this bone is not normal, strong bone. And so you can also have fractures that can occur. And we will see fractures occurring in the long bones, such as our femurs, also called the thigh bone. You can see fractures in ribs. You can see fractures in vertebral bodies. So these fractures can happen all over in terms of where these metastases may be. And it can be quite serious and quite painful. The most common cancer where we will see a fracture typically is metastatic breast cancer, but again, it can happen in other cancers as well. Another possibility that may occur if you have bone metastases is that when you have your blood drawn, your healthcare provider may notice an extremely elevated calcium level, and that can cause other problems in your body, and that can include heart problems, kidney problems, constipation, fatigue, etc. So having an elevated calcium level can be quite dangerous and that is something that will always be checked and needs to be managed as well. Okay, let's go back and talk about the pain that can be caused by bone metastases. Like I said before, this can be really severe and it can be hard to relieve. Usually, it is a pain that does not go away and can get worse at night and not always relieved by laying down or resting. Usually, that pain is constant, and it can be the type of pain that does not respond to over-the-counter medications such as Tylenol or ibuprofen because sometimes Again, the pain is so severe and all of the mechanisms that are going on, those medicines are just not strong enough to take care of the pain. And so oftentimes it will require narcotic pain medicine and other forms of treatment to help control the pain, such as radiation therapy, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, let's talk about how to diagnose bone mets. Usually oncologists will use imaging, such as bone scans, x-rays, PET scans, MRIs, and CT scans. And we have all of these at our disposal to help diagnose bone mets. And so when a patient presents to us and they're in a lot of pain and we suspect that there could be a possibility that the cancer has spread to the bones, we will typically order these scans and a lot of times we'll start off with x-rays, but sometimes we will just bypass the x-rays and go to other scans to help diagnose this issue. And bone scans will take a look at the entire body as well as PET scans. MRIs can be focused in one part of the body if you're trying to just look at that one particular area. And CAT scans can be done. You can do a CAT scan basically, again, of the whole body. So we will a lot of times get CAT scans of the chest or the abdomen and pelvis, and you can see abnormalities in the bones on the CAT scan. And so the radiologist who reads these scans, they can see both osteolytic and osteoblastic lesions, as well as any areas of fractures or even impending fractures. So your doctor or healthcare provider will most likely order one of these scans, one or more of these scans, depending upon your the clinical scenario. Next, let's talk about treatment. 
first, when we are presented with someone who potentially has bone mets, we want to make sure that we have a good idea in terms of where these bone mets are in the body. And if there's any evidence of a current fracture or potentially an impending fracture or one of the other things that can occur as a result of bone mets is spinal cord compression. And that can happen if you have vertebral bodies involved and they are fractured or there could be some bone fragments that have uh, that are now pressing onto the spinal cord. And that is actually an emergency when it comes to oncology. It's one of the things that we need to know about and diagnose very quickly because when the spinal cord is being compressed, it can result in problems such as paralysis. So again, that is an emergency. And usually if we have someone who has spinal cord compression and that's diagnosed from one of those scans that I mentioned to you above, and usually that's going to be most likely an MRI. We want to get the surgeons involved. We want to get the radiation oncologists involved because those are the two main types of treatment for spinal cord compression or impending cord compression. Usually it's going to be surgery and or uh, radiation therapy that's uh, delivered right away in addition to some medication as well to decrease the swelling. So if we suspect that you have metastases involving the spine or involving the vertebral bodies, that's something that we're going to be looking at and trying to make sure that uh, is not occurring at, at that particular time. If there's evidence of a fracture or impending fracture that may also require surgery or radiation therapy, and sometimes we see that involving the femur, also called the thigh bone, and Usually, if the radiologist sees something and it uh, and the bone metastases has basically involved a good majority of the bone, they can tell you if it looks like it's going to fracture. And because that's a weight-bearing bone, that's something that we definitely want to know about. And that may involve getting orthopedic surgery involved to uh, repair that or getting radiation, a radiation oncologist involved to deliver radiation therapy. And the radiation therapy can also be delivered after surgery as well. All right, so let's say those two things are not showing up. So no evidence of spinal cord compression, no evidence of fracture or impending fracture. Then the first thing to do, if you're experiencing pain, what we want to do is to get the pain under control as quickly as possible. And I remember when I went through training, I was always taught the first form of treatment for bone mets is pain control with pain medicine. Maximize the pain medicine to get as much pain control as possible and then you know, try to, if needed, come in with radiation therapy or some of the other things that I'm getting ready to talk about. But again, going back to over-the-counter medicine, sometimes Tylenol and ibuprofen will work. Sometimes that will take away the pain. And, and how we assess pain is that we usually talk about it on the pain scale. And we have things available to us in the clinic that can help us assess how much pain you're in. And that pain scale is usually from one to 10. But if the pain is severe enough, then over-the-counter medicine may not be enough and other drugs may need to be prescribed, such as narcotic pain medication. These drugs help with pain control, 
but they have to be prescribed by your healthcare provider and your healthcare provider will assess and determine how much you need and which one's going to help you the most because those drugs come in different mechanisms of action. Some are fast acting, some will release the medication over a period of time. So they're long acting. And what we try to do is, again, get the pain under control, get it down as low as possible on the pain scale and keep it there. And your healthcare provider will talk to you about how to take these pain medications because it's not ideal to necessarily take them when you're feeling the pain. What you want to do, what we kind of call chasing the pain. You don't want to chase the pain. You want to kind of stay ahead of it. And usually we will talk to our patients about how to do that and how to take the pain medication. Now, in addition to that, what becomes important, because we know that narcotic pain medication, those are very serious drugs that can have a lot of side effects. And one of the common side effects that we try to control and manage is constipation, because those drugs will definitely cause a lot of constipation. So a lot of times when you are prescribed narcotic pain medication, you are also prescribed stool softeners or other drugs to help prevent constipation from occurring. But there are other medications that are used besides Tylenol, ibuprofen, narcotic pain medication. And these drugs include those that inhibit the processes that I mentioned before in terms of the bone resorption. These drugs that inhibit bone resorption include bisphosphonates, and there's different drugs under that class, or a drug called denosumab. These drugs are prescribed usually by the medical oncologist, and they are very effective at treating bone mets and can help relieve pain, but also can be involved in anti-tumor activity. So they are a very important part of uh, treatment for bone mets. In addition to drugs, other effective ways to treat bone mets include radiation therapy, which is what I do, and radionuclide therapy. So Let's first talk about external beam radiation therapy, which is what I use to treat patients with bone mets. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I see a lot of patients, unfortunately, with bone metastases. And external beam radiation is a very successful form of treatment for bone pain caused by these metastases. But we also use it, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, we also use it for spinal cord compression or uh, impending fracture as well. And usually you can get very rapid pain relief from radiation therapy. And in the course of my career, I have seen pain relief happening during the course of radiation therapy or up to one to two weeks later. So everybody is different. You can't predict or tell who's going to potentially get pain relief as they're going through the radiation or who won't experience pain relief until all of the treatments are done or or maybe one to two to three up to six weeks later after the radiation has been completed. But radiation therapy usually will be performed for patients who have uncontrolled pain. So meaning the pain medication is just not doing it. It's not helping and people are just very uncomfortable. So a lot of times they will be referred, patients will be referred for radiation therapy. And that's why I see a lot of patients with bone mets in my clinic. So how is 
external beam radiation therapy delivered. Most of the time, the radiation is going to be focused on the area where the bone met is sitting, essentially. So if it's in a rib, we'll direct the radiation therapy to that particular rib. If it's in your arm, like the humerus, we will direct the radiation there. So it depends upon where it is, and usually it will be focused on that particular area. Now, if there are multiple areas in the body, you can do things a little bit differently and treat using what we call hemibody radiation. So if you have a number of of lesions in the upper part of the body, you can do hemibody radiation. But the most common way that we treat bone metastases is basically with local or focused radiation therapy on that one, two, three, or four small areas of bone metastases. And the treatment can be delivered in either one treatment Or sometimes we prescribe five treatments, 10, sometimes even up to 20 treatments. And the exact number is determined by your radiation oncologist, and it's based on the clinical scenario. And so if we can do it in one treatment, we'll do it in one. But if we feel like based on what's going on, that you need 10 treatments or 15 or or even up to 20, sometimes that number is also prescribed. There is a technique called uh, stereotactic radiosurgery, also called SRS, where the radiation therapy is delivered, for instance, to a vertebral body, and we can give a large dose of radiation in one treatment to that vertebral body that may have a bone met within it. So that's another type of uh, radiation therapy that can be done. But again, you will see it delivered over one to even up to 20 treatments for pain control. So depending upon what fractionation is used, you can repeat the radiation to the same area if you do not get pain relief within the first course of treatment. So for instance, a lot of times we will treat bone mets with one treatment and If pain relief is not, if you don't have enough pain relief or you don't experience pain relief, let's say four weeks later, five weeks later or something like that, we can a lot of times repeat the radiation to that area. And again, whether we can do that for sure or not is going to depend upon the the clinical scenario, but a lot of times you can repeat uh, the radiation for what we call palliative pain control, which is what this basically is overall called. Another type of therapy that we use includes radionuclide therapy, and that's where you are injected with a radioisotope for pain relief. And these radioisotopes, a few of them include strontium-89, samarium-153, and radium-223. These isotopes have been found to be very effective at decreasing bone pain. Additional therapies that can help with bone metastases include surgery, that's also important, as well as what we call radiofrequency ablation. And which form of therapy you receive is going to be dependent upon, again, the clinical scenario and what your healthcare provider feels is the best for what is happening at that point in time. All right, so... That is a general overview of bone metastases, and I hope this information was helpful to you. Now, it's 
a lot more complicated than what I actually talked about. And again, some of this information or some of that information goes beyond what this episode is really about. We could go down all types of rabbit holes talking about the mechanism of action and what we believe to be happening in the body when it comes to bone mets. But I don't think that that's necessarily what I wanted to convey because we can, when you talk about all the mechanism of action, that's great and all, but for those who are experiencing bone pain, I think what's important is to understand why it happens and the different types of bone mets and how we diagnose and treat it. We know that bone mets can be quite debilitating. And if you are diagnosed early, then you can get started on the right treatment and hopefully get out of the pain or have the pain decrease so that you're not experiencing such debilitating symptoms. And I think the key takeaway is if you have cancer and are feeling pain right now that feels like it may be arising from a bone, Please inform your healthcare provider if you're having back pain, if you're having numbness or tingling in your lower extremities or upper extremities, anything like that. You want to be evaluated sooner rather than later and diagnosed sooner so that you can get relief from your symptoms. And we want to make sure that we're diagnosing things quickly, especially when it comes to things such as spinal cord compression. So if you're experiencing anything where something just doesn't feel right or something has changed quite a bit for you in terms of your pain, please inform your healthcare provider. All right. Well, we have come to the end of this episode. If you know anyone who you think would benefit from this information, please, please pass it on to them. And upcoming in terms of the next few episodes, we will be covering part two of caregiving. We will also be talking about colorectal cancer. We will also be talking about chemotherapy and a whole lot more. I am so looking forward to 2023 and the upcoming guests that I will have on the podcast and hopefully be continuing to provide really useful and good information for those who have been touched by cancer. So as I always leave you at the end of every episode, be well. Thank you for listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you subscribed and left a review. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this information, please share the podcast with them. Until next time, I am your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell.